This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of, the podcast where we explore the struggles of life, the challenges of mental health and recovery, and the spaces between. We express our personal views on life here, and this podcast is not meant to replace medical advice or tell anyone the right way to live. This podcast is best used as a place of curiosity and questioning to accompany you on your journey. Be aware there is strong language. This week, we're picking up where we left the conversation off last week. Here we go. What mood is that you at this time? Why do you get high to change the sea you're in? Back to the idea of like, when are we allowed to say no to family, to cut off family? Um, in, in my mind, I kind of think of this as I've been trying to work around a new way of looking at this. <laughs> the thing I've always done in my life is I've had this pressure from these set of rules that I'm supposed to follow to be enough. And like, basically my head criticizes me and grades me on how well I do that every day. Um, and that doesn't work very well. And it doesn't leave me many outs because every time I say this situation doesn't feel good, the opposite thing is, but if you don't do it, that won't feel good because you're fucking guilt for not following the rules, right? So lately what I've been trying to remind myself is that these aren't rules that somebody put on me. These are rules I choose to follow to get a healthy, good feeling life. I believe if I follow these rules, I will feel good because I will be accepted and loved by society. People will look at me and think that's a nice guy, right? So these rules, so to speak, that I've been living under are actually tools I've put in place to try to live a good life and be happy. They're not anybody else's. They're mine. They're ones I chose to follow to be happy with myself. If I'm not happy or it hurts in the moment, the rule has missed its fucking point and I need to reevaluate. And I just think that's a really good way for me to conceptualize this thing is that this isn't a rule somebody's putting on me. It's a tool I'm using to keep myself being a good person and getting love. But if it doesn't feel good or it hurts me right now, maybe it's the wrong tool in this situation, right? Maybe that tool works fine 90% of the time, but maybe I need a new tool for this situation that makes me feel okay inside too and also still seek being a good enough person. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, I immediately think for me that's been like that specific experience has been a result of, for me, 12 step work and mm -hmm. recovery in the inventory process and self reflection. And some of those rules that did serve me a few years ago, you know, they might have been the best then, but right now they're right. not anymore. And I'm at a different 
place in my life. You know, some of my values have grown and changed. Some of my goals and aspirations in life have grown and changed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just that constant process of not being stuck in all these preconceived ideas, even ones that I pick for myself, you know, even, you know, I tell people all the time, like I still go to 12 step meetings after 20 something years. It's not really that common. If you look around, there's not that many people that still do. But I tell people all the time, like I constantly reassess, like, does this have something to offer me? Is this still valuable in my life? Mm -hmm. Am I still getting what I need out of this relationship? And then I have to make that decision because I'm not stuck being out there as some obligatory thing that I feel like I'm going to go die if I stop going. Like, probably not. You know, I'm probably going to be okay. So why am I going there? And what am I doing this for? And then being able to take that and do that in a lot of areas of my life. You know what I mean? What am I doing in my marriage? What am I doing in my work relationship? Is this serving me well? Like, does this even work? Maybe it's something I've told myself I'm supposed to do or something that I feel like I'm obliged to do. But if it doesn't work, then it's not worth keeping doing it. In, in my mind, I think the, the real power in the understanding of, of what I was just trying to conceptualize for me is that I move away from believing that the world has a set in stone list of rules that mm-hmm. I need to follow. And I move towards empowering myself to understand I'm the one that's actually choosing to follow these rules for a good reason most of the time. But I'm also, that means that I'm the one in charge of being allowed to understand that they don't always apply. No fucking rule always applies. Think about it, right? But we hold ourselves to the standard that they should. And I guess I like that. And I'm hoping other people can find some freedom and some some self-empowerment right in that. Like, this isn't somebody else's choice. This is yours. Yeah, and that's where, you know, for me, like, therapy, having, you know, in my case, my spouse um, or other people in recovery and, you know, the recovery meetings, like those things are places where I can uh, work through some of that stuff, Mm. question some of that stuff out loud and and help me make better decisions for myself. Mm. What do you think? I think, yeah, you should do what feels good for you. (laughs) Do I just have to ask you, what do you think every five minutes? Maybe. (laughs) Okay. Maybe. I'll I'll do it. What were you thinking about that? Do you not like that idea? Do you do you have rules? Do you see places in your life where you've had rules and they've limited you and made you feel worse? And maybe you've had to change them over time? I don't think so. No? I mean, probably at some point. Hmm. But I think when my life imploded, I don't know, did my life implode, implode when Matt relapsed or did my life implode when Matt died? At some point in that process, life was so off the rails from what like a normal life would be that it really just became about like doing what I needed to do to get by and get through. Mm -hmm. And I think that allowed me to give myself a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. to do what was best for me. Makes a lot of sense. Well, and not to kind of pick on that a little bit, but it's like the whole idea that you're, normal life imploded is the set of rules that you put on your life because most people don't have this normal life you know what i mean like and this Mm -hmm. is where i am starting to figure out it's like i put an expectation on my marriage and my relationship of what it's supposed to be to be 
healthy and normal. And then if it's not that, that means something's wrong. But that doesn't give my wife the space to be who she is and have her defects and assets and all those things or me to be safe to be who I am with my defects and assets because it's probably never going to be that perfect set of rules that I put on what would be healthy or normal. You know what I mean? But I would say that the situation I was in was uh, a few levels above that because it was literally like I was in survival mode. Yeah. Well, and there will be things that are toxic and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I mean, I was, things were so far away from a normal way of living for years that, yeah. I don't know. So, I, and, and I'm, what you say makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for right? sure. I totally get it. I, I guess what I was thinking in there would be, and this is for my body going through situations like that, is that in that moment, me staying in that when I know it's not healthy for me and I know that this other person is incapable of loving me, even though I keep allowing myself to believe the the hope they're selling me, that's the place where I'm abandoning me, right? And I'm shaming me about it. It doesn't matter that I'm free to do all these behaviors to keep it going. I'm still shaming myself in the background because I know I ain't treating me good. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't staying with I mean I was married to him right and so I disconnected from him while he was using and started living my own life but um, I wasn't at a point um, for a while where I was ready to say this marriage is over as a result because I was still hopeful he was gonna you know turn things around but yeah and then when he died obviously it wasn't a matter of making a choice to stay in it or not I was just in a state of grief yeah um so for me and 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 this isn't i'm not trying to argue like that's not the goal here i'm just trying to think through this and like the process of a survival mode opening up and giving me more freedom doesn't feel like it makes sense because i can picture if i'm in a survival mode i'm going to be willing to kill somebody but once i come back down again i go back to the original rules i had to follow you but I, mean? I didn't, I think, because I because it was such a gradual process, right? So I was in survival mode, not consistently for two years straight, but a fair amount over the two years of Matt's using, and then he died. And so then I was a little bit in survival mode those first few months just because of the, the, the grief being so overwhelming. But then it began to slowly fade. As I continued to prioritize doing what I needed to do for myself in that moment, things got better. And I did not disregard these things I learned about prioritizing what's right for me in the moment moment Mm. and focusing on myself. And that's been easier to do, too, because I don't have other people in my life I have to focus on. I don't have kids that need something from me. I don't have a spouse that needs something. I have dogs, but their needs are pretty minimal. So the ability to really just focus on my needs and what I want or or you know feel like is is the appropriate choice for me in a situation is a lot easier. It's a lot easier when it's just when you're just making decisions for yourself. I, I don't disagree with that at all because a lot of my obligation sense does come towards those those main people in my life for sure right no no doubt but i man if my body can't even begin to understand the idea of being 
very free or totally free of the thought of having to be a certain way for other people or in other situations. Like, even if I don't give into it now, even if I have the ability to like breathe for five minutes and think it through and realize I got to do what's right for me, I frequently throughout my day feel this, oh, fuck, I got to be this or, oh, shit, I got to show up in this way or, you know. That comes to me a lot. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm jealous of you. Maybe I just don't understand it. I don't know. Well, and I I don't know how this ties in, but it's just, I'm going to say similar in that I have my, uh, one of my cousins who was at the party yesterday, actually, her husband, they didn't have any kids. They were younger-ish. She's probably 30-ish. So yeah, they were probably, he's probably 28, 29, her husband. And he died just over a year ago on a construction accident actually Mm. he was killed and so like last year was the first christmas without him and she still came to the christmas party and kind of you know you could tell she was not in a good space and like you know jen and i probably of all our family members are the best and a lot of that came from our episode on trauma like just like honoring like so you know are you thinking about him how are you doing you know talking about you know her husband that passed and stuff and then this year so that had it was like a month before christmas that this happened mm-hmm. so this whole time of year is bad for her right. so she was there yesterday and she came and she was a little off and and she just kind of dipped out after like a really short amount of time and then other family members are just they say like what i consider inconsiderate shit mm-hmm. it's like oh well it's been like a year now i wonder when's she gonna start dating again oh, and you know, that would probably help her a lot if she and of course, you know, you want to say, well, it's her process to go through. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not put these rules around what we think that mm-hmm. grief is supposed to look like or what she you think, you know, what she's going through, you know, and just letting go of all that and being like, well, one, I don't know what the fuck I would do if I was my wife died. I don't I don't know. I can't. I mean, right. I like to think I know because it hasn't happened. But I mean, then at the same time, it doesn't matter what I think she should do. She's going through her process. And if she's talking about it and feels okay with where she's at and doing healthy things for herself, then let's let go of all of our fucking preconceived expectations of what we think is good. (laughs) There's definitely a short list of like yachts and bikinis and scantily clad women. That's all I'm saying. If my (laughs) wife dies, there's definitely a short list of things that happen. But but. Jason, yachts cost a lot of money, yeah. and you don't like you don't like I'll, money. I have an imaginary yacht. Great. <laughs> yeah. We'll take mushrooms and pretend we're on a yacht. Um, yeah, yeah. All those, all those opinions, and and maybe you only heard one or two of some family members, but maybe there was a variety of opinions of where she should be or what she should be allowed to do. All those fucking people live in my head, and I think they're me from time to time, and I confuse myself. So yeah. I, well, and and most of them are de- like they want. To see her not suffering is what they want, and they think they should be able to fix it. With yeah. Their, these rules and ideas that they have in their head, if you just do A, B, and C, then this will happen. And that's exactly what the little mini ruler in my fucking head was taught, was that there's a way to be, and if you just do this, you'll be happy. And if you're not happy, it's because you're not fucking doing it right. Right, you got to do more. And I was never happy. <laughs> and it always felt awful. And like I just can't imagine people walking through the world not having some of that in them. I'm like, how the fuck... God, I don't know. I think I found a lot of freedom, but people without that at all, I'm like, I don't know what you're living, but I'm jealous. I want some of that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> I felt like before the conversation went a different direction, I had maybe an explanation, but it's gone now. I don't know <laughs> why why I have that and you don't. I'm just thinking about like when my boss messages me, there's an expectation on me of, oh, these are the certain words I'm allowed to say. This is the tone I'm allowed to have. Like, Well, I mean, there's ways to operate out in the world that's socially acceptable and but my yeah, instinct, but fuck that social acceptability. See, but, That's what I'm saying. But 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 that doesn't impede on my ability to take care of myself. Mm. Like my instinct is to not go against that stuff. I'm a generally a a, a rule follower. I don't know that that makes us happy though. But it doesn't make it me does. unhappy. Like to not curse at my boss doesn't make me unhappy. So I have yeah. something that I, here here's a little bit of like some other people breaking rules and like it. Or social constructs and it boggles my mind and it's interesting to think about in the context of what we're talking about so I'm you know I started this new job in May Mm -hmm. so and I'm managing a team of right now nine so I have five five people that are reporting directly to me and then I have some people that are reporting to some of my directs and um, so the day before Thanksgiving noon on a Wednesday Almost everyone on the team is working that day. And I send everyone just a really nice email. Like, wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing this year. Thank you for bearing with me as I am getting. Um, Turning towards Billy. Oh, and yeah. I know. I know. Every time I listen to an episode with myself on it, I'm like, oh, I'm so much quieter than them. Yeah. You got to yeah. be up on it. Okay. Yeah. Like this. Uh-huh. Can I touch it? You can. Okay. Don't don't I rub it too much because really. that will make a noise. <laughs> the rubbing it makes a noise. Yeah, that makes a don't, noise too. Don't, don't, don't bang it with it. your elbow. It's hard though when I'm talking because I'm talking to you guys. It's hard to not make eye, eye contact. Just shift your eyes. Yeah. Um. Now I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, Word yeah, just email. this nice yeah. email. Like, thank you for supporting me as I'm getting up to speed, and I hope everybody has a really happy Thanksgiving. So out of a team of nine, one person answered me. Hmm. One person made a decision to respond to a nice email from their boss, and the rest said nothing. Yeah. And what does that mean to you? It boggles my mind. No, 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 no. What does it mean about those people to you? Go ahead. Tell I us. don't know. Oh, you got some kind of judgment about what it I means. I don't know. So you, you understand what it means if Caroline's body didn't do that. If Caroline was to get that email from her boss and not respond, you know what it means. What does it mean? That that I'm completely disengaged. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Completely disengaged. Because I I mean, I think for me, it's like 
even if I hated my boss, I'd still know it's in my best interest to respond to my boss. Oh, in your best interest. Yeah, like from a career, like maintaining my job. Oh. Like I shouldn't make my boss think I hate her if like I want to keep my job. Like you're obligated to show up a certain way in the world and can't just be you. <laughs> so I guess, but that's the way I would want to show up. I wanna, Even if I hate her, I want to respond to her because I want to not be on her shit list. So I'll play devil's advocate because I'm the non-replier. I would read that and be like, oh, that's super nice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Delete into the trash. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. Help me understand that. It, does it say I need a reply? Like, no. So to me, and this is the same, I do the same thing with text. Like a, a text or an email is not an interpersonal communication that reads falls under the same guise as a conversation so if you looked at me at the face and said those things i would feel an ob and maybe it's wrong on my part i'm just telling you how i process it in my mind i love it if this was a interpersonal communication and someone came to me and said that i wouldn't go oh okay and turn around and leave <laughs> i would feel like i would say oh thank you very much that feels good but in an email i'm like oh that doesn't feel like a super interpersonal communication that requires a response Unless it says, please let me know how you feel. Then that requires a response. Jen, my wife, has actually said, she's commented like you. She said, I'll send you emails and you don't even reply. I'm like, because it says like, hey, check this out. So I checked it out. <laughs> like I it doesn't say, let me know what you think or, you know, let's talk about it. It says, look at this. So I looked at it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, Billy, Kim. <laughs> If I send you a fucking article and a text, I want to talk about it. <laughs> right. I'm telling you right now. That's the rules. I want to talk about it. I'm very interested in your opinion of it. So now I learned that <laughs> about my wife, so I reply. But I still don't to, like, my boss. I don't, I mean, if it requires a reply. But I think I know my boss like that, too. Like, he sends emails that the whole email is in the subject so that he doesn't have to even type anything in the body. So I just, <laughs> yeah. I so but For us, it's like leaving somebody a note. That's how I look at an email or a text. Because you know? a note has no way to immediately respond. There's not a reply button on a note. If your boss sent you an email and was like, I hope you have a Merry Christmas, you would just ignore it? Um, Maybe not. I mean, here's a question. Yeah, maybe my, not that specific one, but a my, lot of them, yes. <laughs> did my boss send me an email or did my boss send a mass email to the employees? Because that right. is a big fucking difference. That's true. I mean, I sent an employee to the team, but it's nine yeah. people. It's not a mm. hundred. Nope. Really? Yeah. The expectation that somebody should reply directly to a fucking mass message that you didn't personalize to them? Fuck that. And again, I don't <laughs> say that I'm right I because I challenge myself oh, yeah. on some of that too. But I'm just telling you like my perspective on that stuff is. I'm right for is, Jason right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck replying to a mass email because you should have personalized <laughs> so it. So for you, you though, if it's a mass email, it doesn't require a reply. But if it's an individual email, it does? In my mind, nothing yes. requires a reply. I reply to things that I want to fucking answer. Beyond that, catch me when you catch me. <laughs> so if your boss sent an email, how many therapists are on the team? Like 27 or something. That's Yeah, that's a pretty big amount. Yeah. See, to me, I guess that I, I don't know. I mean, this is good feedback for me because I've been racking my brain trying to figure out, is this a cultural issue at the organization where I came from? I mean, I have member I'm see when I'm up in Canada, I'm visiting with an old employee. Like I'm still in contact with employees from from my last organization. 
and never would that have happened there where I sent the team an email and people just didn't answer. So it's a very different world. And I think if I didn't have the experience of managing a team in the past that I knew loved me and showed me that, you know, that they loved having me as their boss and, and demonstrated that I would take this lack of responsiveness from this team, I would be taking it very personally. And so I'm really glad that it's not the first team I've managed because I would be probably hurt. Well, you've taken some of these things personally before. What, like when what? your mass email about leaving your old job and you didn't get as many replies as you thought you would and stuff like that along the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you're right, I yeah. did, I did. And that was a true mass email, I mean, and yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of people never reached out to me. I wasn't expecting them to respond. It wasn't, that email was not from me. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't necessarily expecting them to respond to that email, but I did think over the course of the next month, Same vibes. people would reach out and they did not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of that is just us adapting to newer There's too many communication to well and just it's all new electronic communications. I mean before this we were just talking about, you know, having some uh online presentations of some software and the way different people do it different ways and what works and like it's all new shit that we're trying to sort of work through and even though email isn't you know quote unquote new it's only really become super popular in what 15 years 20 years i mean before that that isn't the way we communicated within our office you weren't right. emailing people shit now it's every day and as we adapt to these things we'll figure out cultural rules in the meantime, we're just all figuring out our own way and deciding what it means. Yeah, I mean, I have evidence that people didn't read that email. And that is that since I left um, that organization a year ago, my I have LinkedIn Premium so I can see details about the people that are searching for me on LinkedIn. And the highest company, like the most people that are searching for me are from my old organization. And that's because six months, nine months after I left... They suddenly realized I wasn't around They didn't around know you anymore. weren't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're like, well, where's Caroline now? So, and that's still happening. I mean, it's been a year now and I still am getting like frequent searches from my old company. So yeah, people didn't read the email is, is, is long story short. Alternate theory. Nobody gave a fuck. And now the company's going to shit and they're like, where did she go? <laughs> I want to see if I can work there. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, it's just possible. That's yeah. all I'm just saying. No. Here's, yeah, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, have seen i shouldn't throw her under the bus but like jen i'll see her phone and like her emails like 130 emails in her email box just she's like yeah. oh i don't have time for all yeah. that shit <laughs> Can't manage so here's that. here's where i think we can write the ship right this is where i think i keep trying to get to at least a, how jason can write jason ship let me say that um where you get to that point caroline where you say I sent this email out and I've been racking my brain boggled by it, trying to figure it out. But you haven't asked nobody else or that's you, not true. You haven't asked anybody that's given you any good, helpful information, but more importantly, you haven't asked the motherfucking people in the situation, right? Okay. This didn't go over well. Fair enough. In my mind, this doesn't go over well. I feel a feeling about it. I want to tend to my feeling. So I send another mass email a week later and I say, hey, look, guys, I sent this email out. I'm not criticizing y'all or judging you. 
in my last workplace, this is how we operated. I would get a lot of emails back. It felt meaningful. I just want to get the feel for what works for us here. Like, what kind of thing can I do that would feel good to you if this doesn't? And maybe you have an anonymous survey link or something. Like, in my mind, it's real easy. We just go ask. And see, that's what Jen did with me. And now I reply to all her. And it's not many, but when she sends me an email, oh, yeah, it looks really cool. Reply. Love you. You know, (laughs) but she asked and I'll do it. Not for everybody. I don't do that. That didn't change my whole behavior, but she asked. So I do it because when the right hand isn't reporting to the system, that is the body that the stove fucking hurts. The body doesn't know to do something different. Right. You're not reporting to the system and that's going to make it a dysfunctional system. I get it. That's what we've been trained to do. But I think we don't hold that obligation of not saying anything in society. I think the fix is we start fucking talking about it. Hey, I'm not blaming nobody, but this is a feeling I got. How can we make it feel better for us? Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk like that in the construction industry. That's for sure. Yeah. We didn't even talk like that in my my old company. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I get what you're saying. So you're saying you're bound by the rules of the construction industry and your old company and not what Caroline would feel good living. Yeah, that sounds like an obligation. I feel I don't feel like it would feel good to come back at them asking for to me that secondary follow up email feels like I'm asking for even more from them. Then I asked with the first email, which was just a, now that now I'm putting a pressure on them to do something that's going to be even less comfortable. for. Well, them. and and I could put in that email, feel free to disregard all this. And I'll understand that you just prefer not to have any of these personal communications. And that's fine. Right. I'll give them that out. But to me, it's not putting more pressure on them. It's saying, hey, I understand what I did did not necessarily feel to you on your end like I was sending it. So like. Now I want your input. People love giving their fucking input, man. Ask people for an opinion. <laughs> they got lots of them. At least people like me. <laughs> Not at my job to your face. So I work in construction too. And like, so it's funny, Jen and I, because we work in completely different fields, we'll have conversations and she'll say, well, did you get like your team together and did you go like around the circle and ask them how they all feel? And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we're oil mechanics and, like, diesel mechanics and shit. Like, we're not talking about our feelings here. <laughs> like, Hire me for a two eight-hour day training, and we will just sit there until them motherfuckers <laughs> talk. <laughs> well, I said what they really do is they don't talk about their feelings. Then they leave and go talk about it to each other in the parking right, lot. You know, right. But I give them the space. I, you know, I, always, I always offer it out there. Hey, has anybody got any input? Anything anybody want to say before we wrap this up? Anybody not like any of this? And they never say anything. But I still give them the space. But then I don't take responsibility for their bullshit in the parking lot. I figure that's them being a coward. So, Hmm. you know. Any final thoughts about, like, family obligation, otherworldly obligation? That's kind of what we've been talking about today. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've just learned to just go with how I feel in the, the day or the moment. You know, mm-hmm. I have some people around to support and help me with that because I can make really unhealthy emotional decisions right, for myself. Right. But, you know, there are times I don't want to do that stuff and it just doesn't feel good because I'm not in the right space. And it's OK to give myself that out. Mm-hmm. It's not an obligation. It's does this feel right? Is this really in alignment with my values? And can I can I fucking do this today? I- I'm working on this uh what I've been calling the circle of self-care. It's kind of like a, a mentality of self-care instead of just a, 
a thing to do. Um, I really want to bring it on here and explain it. Maybe I can do that in a, an upcoming episode, but that is what I've been trying to put into place for how to know when to stop, sit the fuck down and reevaluate because the thing that I've been operating with ain't working. And I mm. feel like we could all use that, uh, this better understanding of when the fuck to just stop and reevaluate, you know, cause something ain't right. Mm. Uh, I definitely could use some help on self-care. Okay. That was one of the topics I was going to say. I came with a few ideas and self-care was one of them. Oh, maybe that's perfect. Keep that for our next one very soon then. Yeah, maybe like in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Have a good week and we'll see you next week. Have you found that listening to the Recovery Sort of podcast has helped you in your day-to-day journey? Please share the message of compassion and well-being with the loved ones in your life. Connect with us more at recoverysortof.com, Facebook, Instagram, threads, YouTube, and other social media spaces. And have a great week.